Hello and welcome to the This Is Reno podcast. I am your host, Bob Conrad. We are back with a new series of four brand new episodes, one of which will be released each week for the next four weeks. If you are a This Is Reno subscriber, and I hope you are, you can listen to the whole series right now. Just head on over to thisisreno.com and click the sign in button to get access to all subscriber content. This series features Reno's creative outlets, including music, art, and literature. University of Nevada student Carly Savageo is our reporter who recorded these episodes last fall. This fourth and the last episode, episode of this series about is about Reno's scene. literature scene. Please welcome Carly. In late February, I went around Reno seeing what I could find about the literature culture. First, I went to Laughing Planet to interview Sean Griffin, who is now publishing a book of essays through the University of Nevada Press. Walking into the desert, driving north from Tonopah, a place as edgy and infinite as wind, I crest the ridge out of Mina, slow to 35 past the marooned houseboat in Looney, and find my way back to 70. Can you talk about your place in the literary community of Reno? I think I've lived, lived here and worked as a, as a poet and as a writer for almost four decades, so I have a lot of uh, experience and, and memories with many, many fine people here, many fine writers, and I think um, they've given me a perspective that's really wonderful. It's helped inform a lot of my books, um, a lot of the different anthologies, um, and I think there's a very strong uh, literary community here. There, there, they, they, there is a community here. They care about one another. Um, I, feel, I feel a part of that community. And that's very hard to replicate when you move around, you know, finding a place where you can feel like you're involved. Yeah, I care about many of them deeply. When I get the radio signal out of Mammoth, the dead perform an almost static-free session. It will get better when dark falls. I have driven this road through four winters for work in the wilderness, seen dozens of images on Highway 95, some lost, some intentional. There have been signs, melancholy ephemera left on the desert floor. Can you talk about your new book of essays? It's, it's, it may be a new book of essays, but it took about 25 years to put together. Uh, I started writing it very slowly um, when an editor asked me to start making essays for the book, but, um, or for his magazine. And after years of then continuing to write, I realized I had a lot of essays, but I, when I sat down to make the book, it was a much more difficult process. You know, um, I had a bunch of scraps of wood in the yard, but I didn't. I didn't have a boat. I had. To, I had to, you know, really work to make a boat. So I rewrote all those essays, and then I wrote. So two thirds of them been published, and then I, re- and I wrote uh, another third of new essays, and I had to organize them in a way that made sense and meaning to the reader. Um, and you know, then I sent it out for review and got some good feedback, and kept working at it, and rewrote the preface three times. And, Finally, I think it's, you know, it's able to stand on its own two legs, but it was so hard to make it right. Mm-hmm. So hard to make it right. Just uh, because I'm a poet, and so my language in the, bur- in the book is not just straight ahead journalism. It's not just reportage. You know, I'm not trying to make commentary. I'm trying to um, find a way to have, have something of, of lasting import on the page, which, which I, you know, I spend a lot of time thinking about and working on. I, I do make things, I make words like a cabinet maker makes cabinets, you know, I buff them, I 
I shine them, I polish them, I, I, re I re-shine them, I re-polish them. I let them sit for a while, and if they still hold up, well then I can let other people see it. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about your some of your favorite stories in the book? Yeah, there's a lot. Um, the one you mentioned, for, for instance, the, the story where I picked up the hitchhiker coming north from Tonopah. I, com I was completely unprepared for his his wisdom about literature. I just I was shocked. He just knew more about literature than I've ever heard someone say. But he was also, you know, terribly manic, and it was hard to deal with him. Um, so I was just, I was just amazing. I see what looks like a person walking at least 25 miles from Hawthorne. It is cold, maybe 35 degrees, and I don't know what he is doing in the sage except that he will not disappear. I drive closer, hope I've mistaken him for a tree stump or a fence post, but he is moving, walking on the road north. I come up to him, roll down my window, and ask. Are you okay? There's a guttural, a guttural answer, but I can't hear it in the wind. I pull over and ask if he needs some water. He tries to mouth the word yes. He puts a plastic top of books and clothes and food on the back seat. He swallows the water in one long swish and says, Thank you, thank you. Don't know if I would get, didn't know if I would get any water. Any water? There's no water in this desert for a hundred miles. Can you talk a little bit about your work at the prison? Sure. So uh, I'm going back in September. I teach usually from September to um, June, and um, I go out every other week. Uh, we, we meet for an hour and a half in the chapel. I have now about eight guys, give or take, it always fluctuates, um, and a couple more at a, at a neighboring prison that I, that I sort of uh, write to and visit occasionally. They were in the workshop and they got transferred. Uh, I think they're all really, really smart people. The, this last issue of Razorwire, their journal, is one of the best. And, uh, that was our 16th in 30 years. Uh -huh. um, and I try to give them as many... Um, I try to expose them to as much new poetry as I can, both from old time and new time, but you know, still stuff that they haven't seen or read. And, uh, they are writing pretty, pretty remarkable things, and they're critiquing each other's work. And when we read the work that I pass out to them, um, I feel like I've got a pretty strong support system there now. The, the chaplain's really good about protecting me because, frankly, literature on the yard is not valued. Duh. <laughs> they don't want anything on the yard, they being the administration, because we're not supposed to help people. Like that, so. Um, uh, but there's a strong support system out there, and um, now there's like five people that are also teaching out there, which is also very unusual. That hasn't happened in the past. I'm going to meet with them tomorrow about this time to try and put on a couple of workshops at the Nevada Humanities Literary Crawl. Later that day, I sat in on a meeting of the Creative Writing Club on the campus of the University of Nevada, Reno and talk to the students about their work and why they write. Art and literature is a basic, fundamental uh, characteristic of humans. Uh, as children, we learn first by playing. We learn first by singing. Uh, we do all these things naturally, and we're drawn to them naturally as people. It's 
all it all comes down to communication and conveying your soul to the world in order to inspire other people. I don't know if this is because I'm getting more invested as a writer in and getting more uh, networking and connected within the community of writers, but I've been paying more attention that there's all these events. There's the Lit Crawl, there's uh, different events at the Nevada Museum of Art that they host, a whole bunch of different locations in Reno that I had never heard of before, but are now getting more attention, mm. and I'm loving it. It's like every every place that I can turn the corner and I'll find a new art gallery or someplace that they're doing uh, poetry slams at night and it's I honestly think it's wonderful to have that sort of community where so many people can relate on that level <laughs> um so can you tell me your name Brooke Timothy I mean I'm in the army I'm a sergeant and then I go to school and that's about it I write and read I once heard that um your experience is what makes you a, a writer, is what makes you a better writer, and I didn't believe it until, uh, until I had a lot of experience, and that's, that's what I decided my inspiration all came from, was just the military and everything I did in it, and school too. find it super enjoyable to put your thoughts down on the page, and you know, it's just cool to relate to people. You write something down and people are like, oh, I get that, and I found that was really like the best part of, of writing. I don't know, it's just without art, what are you? What are you doing with your life if you're not trying to create something out of, I don't know, nothing or just out of, just creating is like the essence of what makes people people. That's how they grow into something more. Yeah. My name is Sharina. So I've been trying to be more within the artistic and literary community because those are things that I really appreciate and that I find a lot of like I put a lot of stock in I guess being able to be here has um, I think helped with my sanity with like being able to just like be with a certain not hive mind but like a certain group of people that are creative and help me with fueling my writing I guess. Mm -hmm. So writing is hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's really hard. <laughs> if you have more art that is local, it will encourage and not exactly entice, but kind of help other people who are artists realize that it's possible and help them to be able to explore their own artistic and literary like abilities. And having some unknown person who doesn't live where you live or go through what you've gone through or know what state like west coast and east coast is it's like the culture is going to be different so if you have someone from another culture that's t like saying that this my art is great or this art is great or it, it, displaying something you can't really relate to it but if you have someone that's closer to home that's like there was a shooting somewhere but there's beauty within this type of thing, then they can be able to relate to that more because of that relationship. Hi, uh, my name is Alec Brown. I'm a senior here at UNR and I write poetry. Um, I'm the president of the Creative Writing Club. I uh, founded it a couple semesters ago because I saw that like we didn't have any writing community on campus and I was like, that's garbage. That can't be the case. So I just got a bunch of friends and just started doing it together. and. Um, 
it's been a miracle that we got funding recently, but that was great. And uh, other than that, I've been published a couple of times in the Brush Fire. I think literature on campus is being nurtured by a few things, and that's kind of, um, a lot of it would be from guest appearances. We have a lot of cool people coming in. I just saw a uh, presentation by Dr. Jahari, who presented on Chinese god animals, or uh, Chinese animal gods. Although it's not tied to literature, I think it kind of helps it along. We also have the Brush Fire, which is our uh, arts magazine on campus. So nurturing that is important, and it's been massively successful so far in terms of just a campus magazine. I mean, art is, art is completely essential to society. Uh, I think of art as communication, as, art, as a form of talking to people. So that's kind of the way I like critique art, that's the way I look at art as, um, I think art is successful if it communicates something to someone, if it tells a story. So when I hear about funding being cut to arts, that's funding being cut to creativity itself and communication to itself. On February 21st, I returned to Laughing Planet to listen to some slam poetry for Black History Month. I'm um, part of the club Will Speaks on campus. We do spoken word poetry, and I'm the vice president. So I have a lot of poems centered around identity. Um, being black is very important to me. I'm pretty proud. So um, I talk about that. I talk about issues. Um, yeah, just, just about my life <laughs> in general. I really got hooked on spoken word um, compared to just like writing it down. Um, why do you write? I don't, it's my life. I can't imagine not writing. Um, I, when I started writing, I realized I had a voice. And before, I was like a very shy person. So like once I started, people actually wanted to hear what I had to say. I just kept going. When you think of like all the like those great movements that happened throughout life, like there was always a poet. Like imagine like the the national anthem. What was a poem first? <laughs> was a poem first? Like there's always poets everywhere and um, at the head of everything. And I think when you have someone out there speaking and showing who they are um, unapologetically, um, it can do a lot to change society for the better. Thank you for listening. Please give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your audio stories. As always, thank you for supporting locally owned independent journalism. This series was edited by Holly Hutchins. Please visit us online at thisisreno.com.